Coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. Because again, as long as it stays inside of your brain, there's a negative feedback loop that what feels true must be true, which is not true. That's actually a thinking error or a cognitive distortion. What we know as psychologists is that your thoughts have actual patterns to them. And many of us have thinking errors in the way that we approach our thinking. It is far more helpful to write your thoughts out very practical, to take those thoughts to court. Cognitive behavioral therapy has created brilliant thought records and different protocols to help you write out your thoughts systematically. You don't have to know all that. All you need to know is write out, confront the bully, write the thought, write the outcome, whatever you're most ruminating about, good or bad, write it out and now take it to court. You know that moment when your computer has that little death wheel that spins and you know it's pretty much decommissioned. You're going to have to restart it. You're going to have to run some kind of protocol. It is not awesome to see that little spinny wheel of processing or loading. Our brain is much like that, where it starts to loop. And the irony is the more we think about something, we feel like we are making progress, like it's going to help us make a better decision. The more I ruminate and think about, do I take the job? Do I not? Do I start the business? Do I not? Do I fire the person, hire the person? Do I date this person? Do I not? Do I launch into that new endeavor? Do I not? Whatever your thought is, the irony is the more you think about it, Actually, it's like you're digging into a deeper entrenched level of thinking based on automaticity. And what you're doing, the more you cycle on the exact same thought is you're telling the back of your brain, something is not resolved, something not resolved, which then causes the brain to be hijacked. And you are less likely to access the front of your brain which is where you actually make good decisions. It is important to know your anatomy. It's important to know that your soul wants closure and it will focus on trying to get you to think about whatever doesn't feel resolved for your soul. You may avoid and distract all day long, but that moment your head hits the pillow, <laughs> some may be able to fall asleep right away, but it's that 2 a.m. that you wake up and the thoughts are there. What the crazy thing is your brain feels whatever I'm thinking about is the most important. So it will continue to exert cortisol, the stress hormone, creating a stress response because there's not resolution. And again, good stress is still stress. So let's say you're planning a wedding or you're excited for a conference or an event. Your brain will continue to cycle and ruminate on that, releasing more and more cortisol, causing the brain to continue to cycle and think on that. Just like that death wheel on the computer where it doesn't actually ever load and buffer and do the thing it's supposed to do. You have to like, almost like turn it back off manually. Isn't it interesting that we are very much the same? As long as your thoughts stay inside your head, there's a feedback loop and there's resonance. Your trapped emotions tell your brain, this feels true. So it must be true. But in reality, it feels true because you've been releasing neurochemicals, hormones, emotions, all of these things that correspond with the thoughts you've been allowing yourself to have. So as long as it stays inside of your brain looping of the catastrophe or how is this going to work out and what are all the logistics and the details, all of that 
feels like you're being proactive, you're being responsible, you're not going to be blindsided, you're going to be prepared. So your brain is trying to protect you while it's actually uploading a ton of stress response. It's burning you out. And if you think of it like a fuel meter, it's like drying up all your resources. What would be more helpful is to take that cycle and step away and start writing things down. Because again, as long as it stays inside of your brain, there's a negative feedback loop that what feels true must be true, which is not true. That's actually a thinking error or a cognitive distortion. What we know as psychologists is that your thoughts have actual patterns to them. And many of us have thinking errors in the way that we approach our thinking. It is far more helpful to write your thoughts out very practical, to take those thoughts to court. Cognitive behavioral therapy has created brilliant thought records and different protocols to help you write out your thoughts systematically. You don't have to know all that. All you need to know is write out, confront the bully, write the thought, write the outcome, whatever you're most ruminating about, good or bad, write it out and now take it to court. What is true about that? What evidence throughout your life supports it? We cannot be Pollyanna and pretend that everything is roses and unicorns. That's not real life. There are things that are heartbreaks and set facts and disappointments. So write that out, honor the part of you that is sad, scared, angry, disappointed, confused, honor that part of you. Just the other day, I was feeling so happy, but I noticed I was kind of irritable, but trying to be really happy because there's things that are really great in my life. And I'm sure if you look around in your life, there's things that are super wonderful and you're grateful for. But at the same time, there can be this nagging, unsettled feeling. So finally, I was like, all right, practice what you preach, Shannon, come on. And so I, I said inside me, hey, sad, I love you. What are you feeling sad about? And then I started to write. Instead of keeping it locked inside with that buffer circle going around and around in my own head, I wrote it out. And I realized, oh, amidst the sadness or amidst the happiness, I realized there was an undercurrent of sadness because there was someone I really love that can't be a part of these memories because they're no longer here. That loss, even though it wasn't conscious, it wasn't a, you know, somebody being mean to me or some kind of rejection or abandonment, just the lack of something the lack of a, a relationship and attachment of my mom being here because she's in heaven, that lingering feeling I was trying to ignore by being busy. And I found that my brain was cycling and buffering on other things to distract me from being aware that I was actually sad about my mom not being here for really pivotal moments of my life. I don't know what's going on in your world. But I know that there's a mix of good and bad, of sorrow and highlights of incredible moments. I know there is both bliss and there is mundane. I know that you have walked through things that have made you brilliant and sharp and resilient, but also have left their etches and scars on our soul. You are important and precious. And when that buffering happens, I need you to know 
that you don't need to just keep willpowering yourself and pushing yourself out of that. It would be far more effective to step back, to reload, to update the system, turn it off and allow that replenishing. Write out your thoughts. What's true? What makes that feel true? Don't let the other positive side of you uh, short circuit this step. And then write what is not true. So if that's the, the other attorney that's accusing and trying to confirm the negative belief, what's the good attorney that's saying, hey, that's not completely true. That's not always true. That's not the most balanced and realistic outcome. And now you create a more balanced statement. So you honor and you hold the space of both positive and negative, of both critical and shame, of judgment and mercy, positivity and depression. You learn how to hold these juxtaposition postures that are held inside of you. Instead of allowing that buffering to go on, you reboot by giving voice and acknowledgement to every part of you. I call it an internal board meeting. And now you're giving voice to those parts of you. So they're no longer cycling in the background as a symbolic way to try to get attention that something doesn't feel resolved. Once you do the internal board meeting, you acknowledge and validate these parts of you. Now you can create a synthesis. You can help create bridges between disparate parts of you that have been on opposite opposing sides to now be able to coexist, that life is not perfect. You are not guaranteed that everything will go your way and that it will be magical emoji filled world, but you are guaranteed that as you walk through the valleys, there will be mountaintops things will be turned together for good, that the right now current sorrow is not your end, but there are things that are working together for good on your behalf. Learning to be resilient rather than Pollyanna or Eeyore. Learning to hold both postures and stay in this place of openness and radical acceptance of all parts of yourself. It helps stop the rumination, it helps you put it on paper, write out what's realistic and create balance so all of you gets to come to the table and then you make decisions that represent all of you, which stops that internal ambivalence of part of me wants to, part of me doesn't, should I, shouldn't I, like this internal feud just dissipates when we finally release and allow things to coexist and not control one another. There are so many more things I would love to share with you about the internal board meeting, but I hope this one key is really poignant and you can practice this and we can keep building on it as we work on it together. I love you guys and I hope you get unlocked personally, relationally, spiritually, and vocationally.